following audio is from Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel can be found at our website, myemmanuel.net. These two videos are taken from Luke chapter 2. It's the, it's the biblical narrative of the Christmas story. And the biblical narrative of the Christmas story is different than all the other fables and myths and all the other things that go with the trappings of Christmas. It's not uh, reindeers that fly or red-nosed reindeers. It's not a North Pole or a Santa Claus or an elf that make toys. It's not the fables and the myths that we've added to all the other things. This is the biblical account of the coming of the Messiah. And this, this afternoon, I, I want to remind you that this is a historical reality. We live in a world now where history is trying to be rewritten and, and it's kind of been lost and we, nobody really thinks that they know for certain and yet this much of history is well documented. We, we know when Caesar decided to tax all of the Roman Empire. We know when the angel appeared both to Zechariah and Elizabeth and later to Mary and Joseph. We know about their trek to Bethlehem. And we even know some of the details, like there was no room in the inn. And so they found a stable, and this baby that was born was wrapped in uh, swaddling clothes. It's a, it's a very Shakespearean, beautiful language for rags. He was wrapped in rags, and he was laid in a manger. And a manger sounds beautiful. That's a feed trough. And this was the humble beginnings of the coming of Jesus. And if you take any time to not only read the biblical narrative of this story, but the biblical narrative of any other story, you will discover that it's a historical reality. And so our gathering this afternoon isn't a gathering of, uh, of the naively religious who hope and pray that maybe there's a God somewhere, and there's probably not, but we're going to hold on to it because we, we need a crutch, because we can't face the world. That's not what this story is. This is a true story, a factual story, a story of historical reality. But the second thing about it is it's a story of spiritual necessity, you see, when you read the scriptures, if there's any one point that comes out from Genesis to Revelation when you read the scriptures, if there's any one thing that any reader of the Bible would agree with anybody else, that would be that mankind without a savior is lost. We prove our lostness all the time. We prove it by every war that we fight. We prove it by the fact that we cannot eradicate crime no matter which method we choose. 
We prove it because no matter how much money we spend on education, we just educate people to choose sin more deceptively. The wickedness of mankind and the evil of mankind, the sinfulness of mankind and the lostness of mankind is the most obvious thing on this planet. And there was no way, there is no way that you, by your own goodness or by the fact that you would try to be a good person or that somehow your good deeds might outweigh your bad deeds, there's no way that you could gain heaven. There's no way that I could gain heaven. The scripture says all of us are separated from God. And so every single one of us by spiritual necessity needed a Christ. We needed God to come and do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so Jesus came. He left heaven and he came and he, and he did life in every way like we would do life. And the, the reason that Jesus is born to blue-collar parents who are poor and the reason that he's born in a stable and the reason that he's wrapped in rags and the reason that he's laid in a feed trough is so that no one of us can say, well, you didn't have it as rough as I did. Jesus went through every single hard thing that any person on this planet would ever have to do, and he did it perfectly. He did it without sin. He did it without wickedness. He did it without that which separates us from God. This is what the Christmas story is, and it's why we love to sing. You sang them just now. These, these ancient Christmas carols are, you know, hark the herald angels sing and joy to the world is because we needed that Savior. We desperately needed a Savior, and Christmas is the story of God sending that Savior. The Christmas story is not just a spiritual necessity that is met, the need of our soul, it's also a personal practicality. You see, Jesus didn't just come to forgive you of your sin. Oh, oh he most certainly did. Don't, don't miss the point. He did come to die for your sins. But he didn't just come to die for your sins. You see, if Jesus had just come to die for my sins and, and that was the only deal, believe me, I'd make the deal. I'd, I'd want the forgiveness of sins, but he didn't just come to take away the negative. He came to give you the positive. He came to give you, the scripture says, love and joy and peace. And the Bible says a whole bunch of other things that I don't have time to talk about right now. But love and joy and peace cannot be yours without Jesus. There's no amount of alcohol that can produce those for you. You can't place enough winning bets on your favorite NFL teams today to do that for you. you. You can't earn enough money to find love and joy and peace. You can't buy enough toys. There isn't anything on this planet that can give you those things. Only Jesus Jesus is the only one that can give you that. And we have 
all, all the testimonies of the thousands of years of everybody who ever lived before us, and we have both the good testimonies and the bad testimonies of people who tried to do it without Jesus, and some of those testimonies are people who tried to do it without Jesus, and then gave their lives to Jesus, and everything changed for them. And if you're here this afternoon, and Christmas has lost some of its luster for you, there's a really good chance you're trying to produce love and joy and peace outside of Jesus. And eventually, everything on this planet will lose its luster because you weren't made for a wicked and broken planet. You were made for an everlasting life with Jesus himself. And so... It's a historical reality. It's a spiritual necessity. It's a personal practicality. But here's the point that we mostly celebrate. It creates an eternal immortality. You see, when you were created, and I don't have time to explain this, but you didn't evolve. No, you didn't, humanity's not here because it evolved here. We were created by God. And you were created by God with the divine spark in you, you were created in the image of God, different than every other animal on the, on the planet. You were created to know God. You were created to walk with God in love and harmony. You weren't, you weren't created for lust and greed and anger. You weren't created for war and crime and a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You were created... To know God and to live with him eternally. And this is why Jesus came, because you couldn't get there and I couldn't get there. Not one of us could get there by our own uh, goodwill, by our own good works, by our own intelligence, by our own good looks, by our own spark, by our own charisma, by our own fill in the blank. You couldn't get there and neither could I. And so God in his love, because ultimately God is love. He sent Jesus. 2,000 years ago, he intervened in human history. It was, you've heard about an intervention? Have you done that? Maybe with a friend of yours that drinks too much or he's doing drugs, an intervention. God had an intervention. He sent Jesus. And Jesus intervened in human history. If ever a man was born to die, it was Jesus. This beautiful baby that we celebrate at Christmas is the man, the perfect man who went to the cross with his stripes and its uh, thorny crown, and he died for us. In order that we might have, this is what the Bible says over and over and over again, everlasting life. That's what you were created for. See, there, there's nothing in you that can, that can satisfy everlasting life. There's nothing that this earth can give you that will quench that thirst of your soul. Only Jesus. And so if you're here this afternoon, and maybe you're here with friends or family because it's their tradition, it's kind of their thing, but this isn't really your thing. If you're here and you've never really heard the Bible story that way, I want you to know it's everything. In fact, giving your life to Jesus Christ, asking for the forgiveness of sins, and trusting him to be your Lord 
is the single most important decision that you will ever make. And it's really incredible what it does. It rushes in with love and joy and peace. And all of a sudden, Christmases get really good. And so do Easter's, by the way. And so do all the days in between. And the relationships that are so hard and so rocky and seem to be full of selfishness, all of a sudden, for those who are believers, they start to change. And even when this life is really hard, because it is, we know there's another one. There's one yet to come, a perfect one, procured for us, bought for us by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So we join the voices of millions of believers who have gone before us, who have gathered on Christmas Eves like this, who say, wow, hark the herald angels sing, joy to the world. Oh, come, oh, come, God rest you merry gentlemen. This is what all those songs are about. These are people from their hearts singing about the salvation of their souls. So when we exchange gifts, we exchange them in the name of the Lord. When we gather as family and friends, we gather in the name of the Lord. And when we wake up the day after Christmas, hopefully it's not just with a hangover. We wake up with purpose and meaning and joy and love and peace. I want to ask for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed Just a little bit, we're going to turn our attention to the Lord's Supper. And we're going to receive the Lord's Supper this afternoon together. But I wonder, before we do, if God hasn't spoken to you through these simple words, just the the words that you heard in the the videos from Luke chapter 2, or just the narrative of Jesus, and, and maybe my simple words of explanation. And maybe you're here this afternoon, and Today's the day when you need to say, Lord, here's my life. Here it is, sin and sorrow and mistakes, and here it all is. Some of it's grief and some of it's anger, but here it is. I'm giving you my life. And the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you're here this afternoon, and you've done that before. But along the way, you started chasing a little more money and another promotion and life got busy and you got kind of in the rat race. And this afternoon is the time for you to stop and be reminded that life is much, much different than what you've been living. That there's a purpose, an eternal purpose. There's a design, a creative design. And there's a God who loves you with an everlasting love. And he proved it by sending his son to walk on this planet, to go to the cross that you might have everlasting life. Maybe this afternoon is the time to recommit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we've taken just a few moments to remember this biblical narrative of the birth of Jesus But as we've done it, we've been reminded that you and your creative purpose for us and your redemptive design 
have sent Jesus for us, not that we would just remember him uh, one or two days a year, but that he would be the ruler and the master of our souls and all that we are and how we live our lives. And so, Father, I pray that today is a day that changes a life, changes a marriage, changes a family. I pray that today someone receives this Christmas present of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do this in and through us. We pray it in the most precious and holy name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at myemmanuel.net.